This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Good evening and welcome to Obsessed with Joseph Scrimshaw. I am very thrilled to have as my guest here tonight one of my favorite comedians in the world, Mike Fotis. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mike Fotis. Hello. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good, man. Thanks for having me on this. I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited to have you here. So, uh, Mike, in, in a lot of the other podcasts, I've talked to people about one particular obsession. Right. Uh, but, but since I know that you're kind of an obsessive person in general, <laughs> I'm going to try to talk to you about as many obsessions as possible. That's good. That's awesome because um, they're all, uh, they're not surface level obsessions, all of mine. They do go deeper than that. But I feel like if we hit a bunch of them, that'll give you a better idea of what goes on in my brain on a day-to-day basis. So we're kind of like skipping a rock across yeah, your exactly. soul. Across my psyche. <laughs> the depth of your psyche. So for anybody who doesn't know you, uh, can you tell me just a little bit about yourself and your career? Uh, yeah. Uh, my name is Mike Fotis, and um, I am a comedian and writer in town, and I am also the co-director of the Brave New Workshop Student Union. So I uh, run their uh, school of improvisation. That's my day job. Okay, so let's let's dive into your obsessions. Yeah, okay. So the first obsession on my list that you gave me is productivity. Yeah. I am I am, <laughs> I'm obsessed with productivity and I I I'm pulling out my uh, wallet slash uh, iPhone holder uh, because I I was thinking to myself a couple weeks ago, it's it's inefficient to have these two things that I use so much in separate pockets. So I got something to put my iPhone and my wallet and all my stuff in one in one thing. And it has it sped up my life and made it a little bit easier. And here's, a, here's another reason why. I'm, I'm very unproductive because of Facebook and Twitter. Right. Uh, and I'm constantly on my phone. Anybody who knows me knows that. I, I need to do a better job in my life of giving you full attention. <laughs> while you're talking to me, I'm thinking, how can I turn this into a hilarious status update? Um, so so when, you, when you pull out your wallet and, and open it to use your phone, do you feel like it's going to cost you money to use Twitter? Well, yes, in some ways. But uh, here, just think, take this okay. and look I at how much you have to do just to get it out and Ugh. then... Do the. It's not like it's a ton of stuff, but you Jesus have to Mike. open up a thing and move a magnet. This is like an extra step. <laughs> yeah, it's an extra. It's a enough whole for extra me. step. And this is why productivity is such a big thing because, like, <laughs> one tiny extra step is enough <laughs> to make me stop. So I have to get my life in as much in order as possible. Right. So you're. So are you obsessed with productivity? Or are you more obsessed with the idea of? How you can trick yourself into making it too much work to be lazy. Yes, that's it. And I would even phrase it more so I'm obsessed with the idea that I could be a useful person. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I feel like there are websites and container stores and things like that that would help me be more productive and efficient. Okay, you think that there is a container store that could make you a better person. Well, no, but you're like, so you go into the container store and everybody has, you're all sitting there like, I don't do that, but everybody knows you fucking drive to a diner to do it all the time. And you go in there and you're like, oh my God. Like if I had a plastic container for all the bullshit in my life, that would actually make me more productive, 
Because I'd be like, boom, 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 boom. Everything's filed and put away. As opposed to a giant lump on top of my dog at the end of the week. <laughs> so if you actually got a small container that would fit in your pocket and put oh your wallet God, iPhone in that <laughs> little container. I jump in the water at a moment's <laughs> notice and not worry about my phone. Your life would be free then. Yeah, exactly. So do you, do you really think... So you think it's an obsession because you, you just think about it so much? Is that why you call it an obsession? Yeah, I think that is why. I keep thinking to myself because you know this. I, I think we have similar lives in the fact that we do a lot of stuff. Yes. And I feel like it actually bothers me when people are like, I'm so busy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I hate hearing that. But it, it comes out of my mouth sometimes. And that's when I'm like, okay, you are, but... Maybe if you found ways to better block out the times in your life, it wouldn't be as big a deal. Oh, yeah. So that's what it is for me. It's like, what, it, what can I do to efficiently get through my day so I can do all of the fun stuff right. I want to do? So you're not spending so much time sitting there doing nothing Looking at Facebook, yes, going, exactly. what's a really funny status uh, update about how I'm too busy? I'm so busy. How can I make this funny? I'm going to sit here and think for 15 uh, minutes how I can say that I'm I too want, busy. I want to make a Twitter update about the sandwich I just ate. Yeah. Uh, you can argue I'm obsessed with making status updates about food because I do that almost Are all you the on time. Instagram? I am. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, that's just a rabbit hole. We don't have time for it. Let's not do that. Okay, so, uh, so for each of these obsessions, um, I've been doing this podcast for a little while and kind of like the definition of obsession keeps coming up. Uh, so I'm, I'm starting to come up with metrics of like, is that really an obsession? Mm -hmm. uh, and I had a guest, Sharon Steitler, who said that she was not obsessed with birds because if she heard a bird, she would not stop having sex to go look at the bird. Right. Okay. So for this particular but quote... But I have sex with in tune with the Pomodoro technique. <laughs> so... <laughs> Did you guys know what that is? Okay, I'll explain it. Uh, there's a timer that you put on your computer, and you go for 20 minutes, right? And this sex analogy doesn't work, because I'd never be able to do that for 20 minutes. <laughs> but you go for 20 minutes, then you take an eight-minute break, and then you're back to work. Anyway, go ahead. And, then, uh, and it's called what? Pompadour? What? I know. <laughs> yes, it's the Pompadour. No, it's the, I think it's the Pomodoro, Pomodoro technique. Oh, okay, the Pomodoro technique. Yeah. So in theory, you could set your computer... You have sex for 20 minutes, yes. take an eight-minute break, break, and, and get back to being right productive. Back to it. Yes. <laughs> and just creating more little foci. <laughs> little, fo little, little obsessed foci, yeah. Okay, so if you had the opportunity, let me try to frame this, this sex question in a way that makes sense to what you're telling me. If you knew that there's a container store that will fix me, okay. and you had the choice of going to that container store or having sex... Which would you do? I'd go to the container store. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even need you to finish the question. I was like, oh, yeah, no, for sure I'd go. I'd go there and I'd feel the same sense of calm that I would after an orgasm. Because <laughs> so, that's why I like having orgasms. Not because they feel really good. <laughs> but you just feel... It's just a sense of calm about two minutes afterwards. There's, like like, a, there's a large... Uh, Sigmund Freud essay about that. Of what part really? of it, it? What part of it is actually enjoyable? Is it the having it sex? Is it the literal moment of orgasm? Or is it that moment where you're like, "Woo! I don't have to worry about this for like five minutes." Yes, exactly. <laughs> Check that off the list. It really. I mean, Freud would have been a great stand-up comedian. That's really what it is, and that's what he posited. Is it like a forty-year-old man? Yeah, I think that moment where I just don't fucking care anymore. 
That's the best part of sex. Well, part see the thing is too, like while I'm having sex, one of the distractions <laughs> I say to myself is, I'm too busy to be having sex right now. And then I think that's what adds to the calm. All right. So let's move on to let's move on to your next obsession, which is crock pot cooking. Oh well, yeah. I don't yes. Um I really like cooking and I really like finding ways to if you could crockpot it, what a great way to live your life, right? And I think that this actually probably is more in tune with productivity. So you're like, oh, God, man, I'm going to be gone all day. But when I come home, I'd really like to eat a bunch of sausages and a delicious sauce. And like that. And so if that's your life, if that's your dream life, you need to get a crockpot. <laughs> no, 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 you guys are all laughing. But you, you come home, you're tired. And you know, you know your dog pissed somewhere, and you're like, ah, what am I gonna do? You know what I mean? I'm gonna eat like, some sausage. Well, yeah, but you're, like, you're also like, oh, my brother's in Philadelphia, and he's a professor, and he has kids, and he's like, everybody's life is so much better. And you're like, but at least I know when I walk into that kitchen, I'm gonna have the best fucking Italian sausage on the planet. That's enough sometimes. You know what I mean? And maybe you had enough foresight to go to Kowalski and get some French bread. And you're like, are you, are you just, that's what I'm saying. Like, right, that's no. a great thing to me. So I don't know if I'm obsessed with Crock-Pot or I'm <laughs> obsessed with that perfect moment in which I walk into my house and something is in control. So you're, you're it, the moment where it's in control and you can say, my brother has a better life, but I'm eating sausage. <laughs> yeah. But then I'll call my brother and I'll be like, Hey man, I'm eating sausage. I'm eating sausage, and he's like, and he'll say something akin to, uh, "I have three kids, so I can't eat sausage. I have to eat macaroni and cheese." So we'll go back and forth and that kind of thing. Cool. So with your issues of productivity, and okay, so crockpot cooking, in, in, in as I understand crockpot cooking, is you can you get up in the morning and you put anything you want in the crockpot. And you come back, and it's a delicious meal. Solid plus liquid equals cooked. That's all you <laughs> need to think with crock pot, and you're going to be solved. Now, I didn't say equals cooked and delicious, but I, do, I did say equals cooked. Okay, so if you just put sausage with no delicious fluid in the crock pot, what would you come home to? You'd you come home to a really burnt uh, sausage. But So here's some things you can do. Uh, a lot of people over put too much stuff in the crock pot. Right. So you don't need to put that much liquid in the crock pot because it's going to cook. You know what I mean? And you're looking at me like, duh, dude, I know this. <laughs> uh, but not, not everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so you're, you're on board with me with this. Like, and I think people put too much liquid in sometimes. And then, then what was the point of that? Because the sauce isn't that great. So you have to take it out of the crock pot, put it into another pot on your stove, and reduce it. And then it was a waste of time. You wasted your fucking time. So don't put as much liquid in as you think you did. But need. you didn't actually waste your time because you put it in there in the morning and left, right? Yeah, but then Joe, You went to the container store Joe, and didn't have sex. You didn't do all these things. And then you have to turn on your fucking oven. And you're like, God damn it. I don't even have a knob for this one. I don't even have a knob for the burner that works. And I tried to switch burner knobs. And are you fucking kidding me? They're not universal. So I have to use a pliers on the one burner that works? 
And no, I'm not going to fucking buy a stove because the last time I bought a fucking appliance for my 100-year-old house, it didn't fit in the fucking basement hallway. So I had a dryer literally wedged, wedged in my fucking hallway, Joe. And I couldn't get it out. And the guy's looking at me like, well, what do you want to do? And I say to him, I want you to fucking help me kick it down the fucking stairs. He's like, I can't do that because then you're going to try to return it. And I'm like, how am I going to fucking try to return it if we had to kick it to get it down there in the first place? I guarantee you that motherfucking thing is staying there until I put, put a hole in the fucking wall. So a fluid and a solid. That's yeah, fluid and a solid. Right. So, but if you want to, so back to your sausage question. You actually have <laughs> options here. Put a little bit of chicken broth or like a little bit of sauce of any kind. Poke some, poke some holes in the sausage, right. and that will create enough liquid for you. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I, uh, <laughs> so I, I want to have. I, I think you're pretty obsessed uh, with crockpot cutting cooking. Uh, but I, I do want to have a, a follow-up question. And this is, uh, this is from my friend Molly Lewis, who's also on the podcast. And I asked her the sex question about her obsession. So she texted me, like, here's some other questions that you could ask people. Okay. And her question was, would you talk to Hitler about crockpot cooking? Are you that obsessed that if Hitler came back to life, and you're like, oh, that's Hitler. He's going to murder people. But he first stopped off and said, hey, can you give me some tips on crockpot cooking? Would you chat with Hitler about it? No, I don't think I'm that level of obsessed. I'd, I'd like to think that if, Hitler, if I was facing Hitler, I would be like, hey, I don't think you should do those things. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, you would chide him. Yeah, but, like, but let's say, perfect scenario, I was able to get through to him. <laughs> and uh, this is before, like, you right. know, this is when he's still a painter, but he's starting to be like, I don't know if I like Jews. And, um, but, so then, and, and we work it out, and I'm convinced that he's not that's he's not gonna. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And like I'm talking a few years of me just being around. Right. You know what I mean? And like okay. This is like a buddy comedy, like my yeah. foot is yeah. a Hitler. Right. So like, out. all right. You know what? I don't think I think maybe I changed your mind <laughs> about like your anti Semitism. Then I might be like do you want some spencil and uh, <laughs> some sausages? I, here, let's do a crockpot. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. So, no, to answer Molly's question, I don't think I would. Eventually, I would, but there would be things that would have to happen first. You would have to hang out with him as a buddy for two years. I, we wouldn't be buddies at first, and he would be like, "Well, why is he so anti me?" Because like, if, I'm assuming we're going back in time, right? Right. Yeah. So, yes, we're we're plucking 1936 Hitler. Yeah. Out of time and bringing him to 2012. Well, I think we, he would probably be spending most of his time thinking is, ah, Mike treats me like he knows something about me. You know what I mean? And like maybe that would be enough. Cool. Cool. All right. So let's move on to the next obsession because we, we have two more to cover. Uh, your next obsession is bats. Yeah. Well, fear, my obsession, my, I guess my obsession is bats, but it's fear of bats attacking me. And it's uh, even more so fear of rabies. Like, I have <laughs> hardcore fear of, of that for some reason. Like, uh, and here's why. Like, bats have been in my house several times. 
the first time, uh, my, my uh, girlfriend who lived with me at the time screamed downstairs. I was like, oh, what happened? You know what I mean? But she was sort of dramatic, so I was like, okay. Were you, were you not on the same level as her? She was downstairs, like, she was putting in laundry for the day. Okay. And when she came home from work, she was, you know. And you were, like, dry. upstairs crockpot cooking. <laughs> yes, I was like, oh, this is delicious. Uh, and uh, she screamed, and she ran upstairs. She's like, I have to go to work. Have a great day. There's a bat in the sink. <laughs> and I was like, what? So I went down. So my first experience was with a bat that was old and it was sick. And he was just hanging out in there. And I was terrified. Like, it's hard for me to explain. Like, I couldn't function and I couldn't even speak. Like, that's how scared I was. You right. Know I mean? It took me an hour to walk down those steps. And um, an, hour to, an hour as you slowly walked, like yeah, you stopped I, each step? I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> I don't want to do this. And by the time I finally worked up the courage, I was on the phone with Animal Rescue, or uh, Animal Control, because they weren't going to rescue. Uh, animal Control, uh, and the guy was like, here's what you do. He was uh, put a Tupperware, put some Tupperware on them, get it underneath so you get them, and then put them in your freezer. And then he'll just die. And I was like, I was like, there's no fucking way. There's no way. And I'm saying this to the guy, and I'm yeah. crying at this point. <laughs> I'm like, I am not. What makes you think? I, we've been talking for 40 minutes. What makes you think I'm going to be able to put this bat in a Tupperware container? It's amazing how containers come back. It. And I had one. And it was like, what makes you think I'm going to put that? In my freezer, right? So right. it's just not where happening. your sausage lives. <laughs> yeah, but then he's like, "But you're also going to want to make sure you have thick gloves on, because you won't even notice if he bites you." And I don't know if this is true or not, but that's all I needed to hear because right, right after that was rabies and a bunch of other stuff. Because I kind of was like, "Well, why would that be such a bad thing?" <laughs> he's like, "Well, rabies and you die." And I noticed that all bats and stuff, but old bats were just sort of hanging out during the day. Yeah, probably there's Just something chilling wrong. in your sink, and so it's 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 the idea that they could bite you and you wouldn't even know. And then I became obsessed with it, and I was reading like bad attacks and how many people die of rabies and how when when they when they come out and how long they hang out and they're around, and it's still a thing for me. And um, there have been two separate incidents. Uh, one. A bat just came out of nowhere in the middle of the day in June. And he was just flying all over the house. And he was scared, you know what I mean? And I keep thinking, don't let him get near your head because you won't feel him if he bites you. <laughs> and then you'll get rabies. But then my, my cat, my cat, who's supposed to be like, I'm on board. I'll right. fix this. He's supposed to have your back. He's terrified. And he's looking at him. He's got these big eyes. And he's like, what is that? <laughs> and he's not doing anything to get the bat out of the house. And then the bat starts flying at my cat. And my cat's just like, help me. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Your, like, your cat has a South Park voice. Yeah. And like, he's, he, he's, and I, I get this like, gotta take care of my cat instinct. So I slide onto the ground, grab my cat, flip open the door, <laughs> throw my cat out the door. And my cat's kind of like, thank you. You know what I mean? Like, he's not upset. He's like, this is exactly what I needed. And uh, then the bat gets into the, uh, I have a, a closed front porch. 
and he's flying around. So I go out back, you know what I mean? And like, and then, so when I get the cat bat onto the porch, the cat comes immediately comes running back in. I close the door and I run around. And then I, I was, uh, I had just had this moment where the bat was up against the screen, you know what I mean? He's just up, and we're just sort of staring at each other. And I was like, I am scared of you. And the bat <laughs> is like, I am scared of you too. Uh, and then um, I had another bad incident where. I thought I was maybe a little bit better. This is right after the Beijing Olympics. Actually, it was right <laughs> after. No, it wasn't right after. It was during. And I was up late watching volleyball. Not because I was particularly into it. It was just more like, there's volleyball. Uh, oh, sure. And uh, I, go up, I go walking up the stairs, and a bat comes flying out of my room. And I fall to the ground on, my, on the stairs. And I just scream, bat, bat, <laughs> bat. Bat! And, uh, was there anyone else in the home? Yeah, my girlfriend was like, okay, what? Good. And I'm like, bat, there's a bat, there's a bat. And she's like, well, come downstairs. And I'm like, I can't move. And she thinks I'm kidding. And I'm like, I can't move. Like, I'm, I'm on the floor right now, and I can't move. So I literally, like, slide myself down the stairs down to the first floor. Because I'm so scared if I stand up. He's gonna come swooping by my head because he's sort of above me, you know what I mean? Right. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and my girlfriend w at the time was like, "I'll take care of it." And there was that much disappointment in her voice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so she puts on like, she was scared of rabies too, though. Well, who isn't scared of rabies? <laughs> well, exactly. And, I can take um, rabies. And we, we're gonna talk a little bit more about rabies. And she gets all this stuff on. And she looked pretty adorable, like in all these, like, she has like three coats on and these giant gloves. But she's just like, grabs it, puts it in a Tupperware, and then it's all done. And then you, you put know? it in the freezer and, and No, no, it? we just let him go. We were just like, I don't, let's just let him fly away and do his Did thing. you watch that? Did you watch him I, fly I, to freedom? I, she was like, you, come on, you have to go watch this. You was that cathartic? Like, Did you feel like some, some of your bat fear flew away? Well, I'll tell bat? you, like, my cousin got married in a really beautiful section of Illinois by the river and stuff, and we were all out on this porch just hanging out with family members, like, the night before the wedding, and there were bats just swooping all over the place, and I made myself just sort of hang out there. Like, they were getting... You know what I mean? And I just made myself be there, and I was a little bit better with it. But And there's three or four bats that hang out in this tree right by my house. And every <laughs> once in a while, I'll go out for like 10 minutes and just watch them. But then when they get to about like the level of this light, yeah. I literally scream and I go, I get in my car and drive away. Now I want to um, make like a whole like a parody of a Batman film that like builds up to you being Bruce Wayne. And when the bat crashes through the window, and that's when he's supposed to discover his identity, instead of saying, aha, bat, Bruce Wayne just drops to the floor and screams, bat, 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 bat. But bat. here's the thing, Joe, and maybe it's because I didn't have an experience with the bat until I was an adult, but Batman is far and away my favorite superhero. And I think it's because <laughs> I didn't not have this experience. Yeah, he's not going to give you rabies. Yeah, well, you never know. Did you know, like, what they're doing to deal with rabies? It's like the oldest disease. It's it's it, it's it's a bad. Thing. It's the oldest. Well, it's disease? not the oldest disease. <laughs> Don't edit that out because that just shows my lunacy. But uh, <laughs> it's bad, right? And but a couple doctors and maybe people have read these articles, like decided to try to treat it by putting people into a coma, and then if you put yourself into a coma, it allows you to build enough antibodies to fight it off, and it doesn't. There's only been two examples of them trying it, but both have worked. So in a way, like these bats could come 
and steal even more of your productive time. Yes, exactly. That's I was like, oh, of course I'd have to be in a coma. But uh, but then uh, like other doctors are like, no, we don't think it was really rabies. I mean, come on. But that would be an awesome bad. Facebook update. Yeah. Hey guys, about to go in a coma because I got rabies and I'm showing symptoms. So it's either this or death. Uh, hospital food sucks. <laughs> like this status. That would be the one. I'd be like, like this, okay? And you like wake up in three years, like two likes. <laughs> Fuck you! Oh, come on, you guys! I went to do an experimental coma to fight off my rabies. <laughs> no one shared it. <sighs> Turns out now I have radar. <laughs> Soda. I can hear you uh, all coming. Anyway, so I don't know if I'm up. I'm terrified of bats. Well, this is great. And I'm pretty obsessed with it. Yeah, I mean, animals is a common obsession. I talked to Lauren Anderson, and she's got her whole, like, elephants. she's been attached to elephants yeah. for her lifetime, and squirrels have come up for me, like, constantly on this yeah. podcast. So it's cool to hear somebody who's like, I, I do think about bats all the time, and I fucking hate them. <laughs> yeah, I just, ugh. All right, well, let's move on to a, a perhaps more happy obsession of football. Well, we'll see. <laughs> okay. So football. So you're 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 a sports guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, w- do you you still root for your Chicago teams, right? Cause you're from I Chicago. do, I do. Um, I um, I'm a football is one of them. I, it's really more fair to say I'm obsessed with sort of all sports and Chicago sports in general. Uh, football is the one, though. Now that I've lived here for twelve years, I watched the Twins enough. Okay. The Cubs have broken my heart enough that I kind we kind of had a really gross breakup, and I'm I'm more of a Twins fan okay. now. It's the Chicago Bears, right? Chicago Bears. Okay, and are they the doing well? Yeah, they're very good this year, and um, they have a really good opportunistic defense, which is to say. When they're on defense, they're looking to take the ball away. Okay. So you could say like some defenses are just looking to keep you from scoring. The Bears are looking to strip the ball, make you fumble, or force an interception. So they're being really aggressive. They're aggressive Bears. And, and they, that's a good thing. They want to make the other team look stupid. Yeah, and they did that to the Titans last week in a display that was unbelievable. They, they scored like 21 points off of... It was a, it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Well, yeah, I mean, just stripping football away from the meanings of the words. If bears can make titans look yeah. stupid, yeah. that's awesome. You know what I mean? Because they, they, it's a team thing, and uh, so and uh, the offense is okay, but we have Jay Cutler as our quarterback, and I guess for a minute, he's kind of like Favre in that when he's good, he's good. When he's bad, he took a lot of really stupid, made a lot of stupid. Risks took a lot of stupid risks, like mental errors, or does he is he just he, cocky? He's cocky. He's got a really strong arm. He could make some amazing throws, but that doesn't mean he can throw it through a defender. And sometimes you think, I think he tried to throw it through that guy's body because that's the only way you can justify that throw. He literally tried to throw it through that guy's body. Do the, when, when it's being broadcast, do the news stations ever like play a graphic of like if this had worked, this is how it would have gone? Yeah, straight I, through this I, guy's dick. I've always right wished guy's. that would happen. Like they circled the defender. It was like <laughs> I think Cutler thought that guy <laughs> had what wasn't in a solid state. <laughs> that I would love that. I've always wished for as sports heavy as I am, I like the local broadcast that have the color uh, commentator who has a sense of humor. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I believe it or not, I'm not so, like, 
everything needs to be like sports, 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 sports. Oh, of course. I like somebody who has a sense of humor with it. And that's probably my main issue with uh, most football games that are nationally broadcast unless you listen to the radio, and those guys are such homers that it just doesn't <laughs> exist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's why I like Joe Buck, and a lot of people don't. He's an announcer that people really don't like, but I think he's really funny, and I think he adds some, some levity to what's obviously just a silly game, and he'll kind of say that sometimes, and I think that's why people don't like him, mm -hmm. is because he'll just inject a joke about whatever, you know what I mean? And I've always appreciated that about him, but I think some people are like, he's not taking it seriously enough. <laughs> well, this is one of my questions for you, because one of the things I enjoy about your comedy is you are a, what, what I would call a yelling comedian. Which, <laughs> Yes, I would say that is accurate. You get mad and you yell, and it's still entertaining. Like, I would listen to you yell for like 15 minutes straight. Oh, so, good. the main thing I think about on Sundays is like, I don't really like football or watch football. I don't understand it, but all my other friends are having a good time screaming. Yeah. And I wish I could be screaming at something. Do you yell? I, um, I yell. I say some really, I, I, um, probably my favorite, favorite swearing phrase is, <laughs> you stupid fuck. Like, I say that a lot, and I'll, I'll just, I'll be like, for example, to Cutler. Would you try to throw the ball through that guy, you stupid fuck? You'll hear me say that a lot, and it loses all meaning for me. Like, it's just the swear that happens. I scream a lot at football games, but I will tell you this. Amongst my Legion of Bears fans that I sort of hang out with, I am by far the coolest and most collective. By far. By far. Really? We, oh, yeah. It's not even... Well, what uh, if you're screaming, you stupid fuck? How are they upping the game? They're whipping bottles. They're screaming. <laughs> they're just—they're invoking curses. They're—it's uh, just Did levels like, of people who have lived in Chicago that you can't even believe. Has anyone ever like just gone up and defecated on your television? Well, you think like there's just stress veins popping out of their heads, and you thought about they're just gonna fling feces and stuff. <laughs> For example, I went to see a Bears game. At the Metrodome, which is um, stadium politics aside, and I don't think necessarily we should you should pay for a stadium if you're not into it. Like, I, but like stadium politics aside, the Metrodome sucks. Oh yeah, a game. It's it's awful. Um, and we're there, and we're watching it, and I'm very quietly watching the game. I really am, and here's why: because the Bears fans I went to see the game with got into a fight with a high school daughter <laughs> and her mom. And to defend my friends, they, they were jerks. <laughs> so they're arguing and screaming at each other back and forth to the point that the mom finally is like, truce? And my friend is like, no truce, you started this. <laughs> and they're arguing back and forth about the Bears and Vikings, right? Is the game going on yeah, while they're doing this? Yeah, going on. And I'm saying things like, hey, everybody, let's be cool. Because <laughs> what I'm noticing and what nobody else in my crew is noticing is that um, there are maybe 200 Bears fans at the game, but there are 40,000 Vikings <laughs> fans. And at least 8% of them are starting to notice that one of my drunk Bears friend, <laughs> friend, friends is yelling at an 18-year-old girl and her mom. <laughs> and it was justified if you're listening to it. Like, they, they, were, they sucked. They were stupid fucks. But, uh, they, no, they weren't quite that. But they, 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 they were like, ah, oh, shut up. And, uh, but I'm noticing 
that there are some pretty big Vikings fans who are noticing that my friend is yelling at this mom and her daughter. And out of context, you think to yourself, what a jerk. He's just yelling at these two people and he won't let up. So I'm saying things like, hey, everybody, let's, let's calm down. I did say at one point, what if I just get nachos for everybody? <laughs> and nobody's listening to me at all. And the game ends. We're all leaving. And I get hit in the head with a beer bottle from the upper deck. Oh. And I look up at the guy. And I'm furious at this point. I'm just so mad. And I was like, I was the peacemaker. <laughs> I screamed, I was the peacemaker. <laughs> to which the guy just like spit at me or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's what, So no, I'm not. Believe right, it or not. You're not, yeah. So the loudest thing you've ever yelled about football is, I was the peacemaker. <laughs> I, I was the peacemaker. Cool. All right, well, I'll, we've made it through four obsessions. So I want to wrap up, as I do with all podcasts, with some uh, very serious, pompous questions. So are you ready for that? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right. If you could travel back in time and hug anyone in history, who would you hug? Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> if I don't, why is that funny? Why wouldn't you hug Abraham Lincoln? Be like, thanks for everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's bony. But he also freed the slaves. He kept the union together. Oh, there's like, some scales to be measured. You go to, you go to heaven, you're dead because you have a bullet in your fucking head. You did all this really great stuff. You're kind of bony. So I'm not going to hug you. Just think of that, all right? I'm, I have stubble, but I'd like to think that I did enough good things that if somebody hugged me, they'd be like, I'm hugging you, it's, and you're st I'm going to look past your stubble. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He was bony, though. I'm not kidding. I think you should hug him. You are? Where are you from in Illinois? Chicago, very I'm from Chicago, Middle South. So, like, uh, Chicago Heights, uh, Joliet area. No, that's where I'm from. Where are you from? Wilmette. You, you were right to say that, like, Wilmette. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, did you grow up in a Chicago sports household? My dad's Southsider, my mom's Northside. Yeah. I, that's I, I lived on the Southside, and I was a Cubs fan. It was a rough, rough junior high uh, existence for me. Yeah, hey, Mike, nice you're, you're you. now creating a spin-off podcast. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. No, no. I he was bony. I, I guess I'll change my answer to Taft. I'd hug, <laughs> I'd hug that fat fuck. Are you happy with that? I swear yeah. more. I'm swearing more tonight than I usually do. I'm not Your swearing. hands would never meet around Taft. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If someone wrote a biography of your life up to this point, what would it be called? Good hustle. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, That's a good answer. He bought a house before it crashed. The market crashed. Uh, <laughs> let's just go with good hustle. Uh, in the, the final question is, what is happiness? What is happiness? Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I look at it this way. Like, I think for me, it's knowing that people are nice, right? that nice people exist. And this is what I say. Like, whenever I, anyone's talking about somebody who I know, like, 
like on TV or right. I don't I don't know but I know they hang out with my friends in certain circles. The first thing I always ask is, are they nice? Are they cool? <laughs> and I, I think that's because I mean this seems a little bit roundabout, but like I think that's kind of what happiness is. Like are people nice to each other? And I like to know that. Like so Dave Foley was recently on uh, Wits, right? right? And, like, he's a huge hero of mine. Right. But, like, I don't want to meet my, most of my heroes because I don't want to know that they sucked. And maybe Dave Foley <laughs> didn't. You know what I mean? I don't know. Right. But, like, the first thing I asked for people who did did meet him was, what well, was he nice? And, like, that's more important to me. Like, and it always is from pretty much anybody I meet. Well, oh, you should meet this person. They're, they're you know, they're funny. They're this or that. And I'm almost always like, well, are they nice? Like, yeah. I don't know why that matters to me so much, but it does. And it probably has nothing to do with happiness, but it always comes, that's always the thing that pops up. So, I don't know. I think Dumb that's answer. great. Dumb no, answer. that's a Dumb great answer. answer. Dumb that's answer. That's a great answer. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a round of applause to a nice person, Mike Fotis. Thank you. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. <laughs>